What's up listeners, this week we are diving into an episode with the incredible Cecilia Shandeva. So I met Cecilia in the gym at Third Space and I like to say we connected immediately, definitely. Um, Cecilia has an incredible story, she is the founder of Yugen Connections and we're going to be bringing something a little bit different to the podcast today. So I think it's something that a lot of you are going to value, appreciate and just take a lot of worth from. Um, Cecilia is incredible in her field and I've got a lot of respect that she's given up her time today to come and share some wisdom with you guys but also share a little bit of her story and a little bit of her journey so before we dive into what's going to go down in the episode and we get into a quick fire Cecilia I just want you to say hi to the audience and a quick intro hi everyone um so thank you for that nice intro so um I founded Yugen Connections last year and I specialise in resilience and well-being, so, um, which is a big topic for a lot of people out there at the moment. And um, I think what's going to be lovely today is actually to have an opportunity to kind of talk to you about the impact of physical activity, um, not just for us in terms of health-wise, but now just on my own journey, how it's helped me kind of get over things with you know, emotional stress and mental stress and you know, some really big life events as well. Um, but also I'd like to share with you a lot more about my kind of professional research that I've been looking into around how, um, you know, even organisations in our workplaces are now starting to take our physical well-being a lot more seriously because of the impact yeah. and the benefits it has for us as, um, you know, just generally for our, for our mental health. It's such a good yeah. topic, like it's such a, it's a topic that's so close to my heart and like everyone that's you know listening to the podcast definitely I know you've listened to the first episode um and they know that how much exercise for me was that mental stimulus and that mental driver that got me through some really really dark and hard periods you know in my life and I think so often we overlook just how much impact exercise Mm. can have um and then quite often you know with corporate and federations and it's just not really taken into consideration as in the well-being of staff and Mm. so it will be interesting Mm. to see what you have to say on all and I'm excited um okay so before we dive into any more five questions go for it first answer that comes to mind so simple to start and then we'll, we'll get we'll get deep yeah. <laughs> where are you from i was originally born in ireland oh actually. were you yes yeah, so i was born in tipperary nice and i moved over to london i didn't move over my parents moved over to london when i was probably about four or five so i don't have an so even cecilia is yeah. not uh it's not an irish name it's italian so I don't know. So again, I've got a quite nice mix, but I was born in Ireland, Irish parents, and I've lived in London practically all my life. But I have travelled a lot, which is yeah. good. So I've got outside of the... Out know, of the bubble yes, that is this yes, metropolis. Yes. Um, so what are, you, what are your favourite types of exercise? So, Group exercise. Yeah. Um, I want to get better at exercising alone and doing my own programs, but it's 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 gonna you know I love group exercise. I love being around people. Yes, and my queen. Um, but yeah, I, I guess with um, what we do what we do at Third Space at the club, I'd say Afterburner, um, Sweatex, um, any type of group exercise is, is good for me. And obviously, um, you know, hardcore speeding, etc. So love, yeah, yeah. love. Anything with loud. Saying all the right words. Loud music. <laughs> The tunes. Yes. Okay, so what one food could you not live without? Um, I, I don't know. If, 
I mean, I do live without, I don't eat it every day, but one food I do enjoy and is my indulgent, indulgence is margarita pizza. That's oh, it. Oh, nice. It Keeping it well. simple. Keep it simple. That's it. That's, that's the Italian that, route coming out of that, you there. That's my vice, basically. <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Oh, pizza. See, this is where I always get into this conversation and then I start dreaming about food for the yeah. next 40 minutes. But in terms of, I suppose, like, in drink, in terms of coffee, it's probably my daily fix yeah, as well. Daily yeah, daily vice. Nice coffee. Yeah. yeah coffee. Okay. What is your secret superpower? I'm very brave. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm not afraid to go off and do something um, like travel alone and just think right I'm going to go there. I'm going to go off and travel. I'm going to go hike alone or you know I do. I am quite brave in some of the things that I've done, That's but nice. I'm only brave in retrospect. Okay. So when I when I plan something, I think it's the norm. So I'll give you an example. I hiked the longest hiking route in Europe, which okay. is the. Um, Tour de Mont Blanc, which takes you around three countries. Okay. Which is France, Italy, Switzerland, and back to France again. Okay. And um, and I read about this particular hiking route in um, in the newspaper, and I thought, oh, this looks good. And I set myself a goal <laughs> of, of doing it, and I and Amazing. I sourced the company because I wanted to do it alone. Um, so yeah, I, I I got I went on a, a two day mountaineering course which I didn't put to use at all in terms of like <laughs> self-navigation <laughs> found a company that would allow me to, to to hike alone and I went and did it in, that is insane in, back in 2018 so um and it's about 181 kilometers all around the the Alps and I can highly recommend it so so I say I'm quite brave and I kind of do things in um I just go and do yeah, it yeah you do it and then see what yeah. happens I love that yeah. that's incredible that's one example but there are many others as well yeah so um, oh that's so yeah. good okay and then the last question then one thing that makes you happy music nice couldn't live without my music Oh, Good I love music. it. What kind of music do you like then? Um, I love soul, jazz, bit of red groove. I mean, I love all music. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not snobby about genres. I think music is is like food. You know, you just um, I love it. it's a personal choice, and everyone should have their so own subjective, place yeah. of enjoying it. But I love a jazz club. Oh, and if talking to my heart now. Yeah, and if yes. you're ever, if you're ever, um, when I travelled around New York for a while, and I had some work over there. Oh, that amazing. was one of my. One of my things that I do, I just go, right, I'm going to go to a jazz club, and it was just fantastic. So, yeah, a bit of a jazz club. I love it. We Surprisingly, we went to Chicago. We went to some blues, obviously, but we then found a jazz place, and I was like, this is me. Like, yeah. I get Chicago yeah. blues, whatever, yeah. um, but jazz is more my sound. Yeah. Like, New Orleans, oh, take me there and never come and pick it's me on up. on my list. Never come and pick me up. On Obsessed. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. So, Brilliant. that just gives you guys listening a little bit of um, information and background so that you can see what, sh- what we're like, what we're, what we're into. Um, but now we're going to get diving into, you know, why you guys are all here and what value we can give you today. So talk us through your business, talk us through your startup, talk us through yeah, your you. journey, where it all came from. So um, my background is in corporate learning and development, which um, okay. I'll, I'll jump quickly ahead of that in terms of not wanting to bore you with the ins and outs of that, but it's really just around my background for the last sort of, I guess, 20 years has been around working with individuals and teams and organisations around leadership, management development and employee engagement. So um, that basically means, are you happy at work? So it's yep. the science of happiness at work, really, and all of the different components that we really um, we need in the workplace, okay. because obviously that's really important. And that's all different elements. So, um, and with that, there is, um, I guess, I guess, because of my journey, which we'll, we'll talk about, I guess, in a moment, um, I kind of burnt out 
um, a number of years ago, um, not just once but twice. Okay. Um, and that was due because I had um, I had two significant bereavements. I lost my parents very close together. Yeah. So I lost my mother, and then I lost my father a little under, kind of two and a half, three years later. Yeah. So. It kind of just, I mean, obviously, given the nature of the work that I was doing and because my work, pretty much like you, I mean, you just train in a different way. So I'll deliver workshops around emotional and mental kind of, I guess, topics yeah. and maybe some skills, etc. But for you, you know, you know, it's like you're managing groups of people as well in, the, in, in, in terms of physical activity. So you have to give so much of yourself. And I want to because obviously I love what I do. But there was an element that I think I wasn't particularly looking after myself as well as I could have done in retrospect now. Yeah. And, and this is what we're, obviously we're going to talk about today is how my love for um, you know, the gym and physical activity and exercise has really enabled me to, I guess, to some degree heal in yeah. a lot of ways, which has been, which has been great. Um, so last year, uh, around sort of, I guess about February, March, um, I decided to, it was just a natural progression to set up Yugen Connections. And Yugen Connections specialises in primarily, primarily workplace resilience and well-being. Okay. And to kind of bring that to life a little bit more, I mean, I, I work with a, a model called the Five Pillars of Resilience, which is, um, it's developed by the Wellbeing Project, yep. which are leading business psychologists out there. And we, I, I'm really, I'm licensed to, to kind of um, train in that model and there's also um, a kind of psychometric tool so I can measure individual resilience and well-being on a mental, physical and emotional level. So there's a whole So much to unpack. There's loads. So there's lots of things there. And I also specialise in, because of my journey as well, obviously losing my parents, I've learned a lot about grief. Yeah. So I retrained last year as well as a, as a grief recovery practitioner nice. and I also okay. set up my own practitioner research project about how workplaces deal with um, bereavement in the workplace because yeah. people are expected to just return back to your place of employment within a couple of weeks after losing the most important person in your life yeah. and it's just business as usual and it's not the fault of the organisations it's sometimes they just don't lack know how of, to handle it emotionally yeah, lack of empathy um, so yeah so I've retrained so there's a whole I have a range of kind of things that, that I specialise in but really it's just about how do I how do, how do I bring my knowledge and my awareness to individuals or organisations and yeah. showing them how to okay so better. let's yeah. let's strip it back then and let's talk about um, obviously a little bit on your own experience obviously mm. everyone listening knows I went through a very similar probably um, why we connected yeah so well. it probably is like we are yeah. we're attracted to people yeah. for different reasons yeah. right and when I obviously heard that about your story it's just like wow what hit home um and I don't think aged age doesn't even overly come into it you no. know it's it is how you deal with in a place and time and having two losses so close together mm. um it's it's hard and like I think most people listening will know for me like that first one put me into a three years of the world doesn't really exist mm. and it wasn't until my, my my dad passed you know that three years later that I was like okay what is actually going on with my life and it took me to completely burn out and have my car crash and everything to mount up to such an extent mm. before I could even see that I was ruining my own life by my grief and, you know, mm -hmm. having to then that, do that process of pulling myself out. So I think it's it's incredible that you've done it, you've worked through it, 
um, and you've kind of now using your skills and using your experience to help others Um, and that is something really I think you need to be brave Mm. (laughs) definitely brave to do to put yourself in that vulnerability and to be like you know but it's not about me and my feelings it's about you and yours and yes I can empathize with you but how what's going to help you so I would like you to talk a little bit about you know your own story of burnout and bereavements and just you know well how did how did that then link into exercise for the guys listening because they've heard my journey through exercise but yours is very different Mm. um because I turned it into a job and a career whereas (laughs) you've just not not just done it but you know you don't need to turn it into a job and a career for me I was young I was that worked for me um but exercise has still guided you so I think so I mean I remember when um I think there's because there's obviously I think there's different I mean there's the way in which people pass away sometimes can really impact somebody. It impacted me. So, <clears throat> for example, I knew that my, when my mum fell ill, we knew what the prognosis was. And you learn a lot along the way because there was almost like two separate types of grief. There was the dealing with the illness. Mm-hmm. And then there was kind of dealing with not having her there anymore when she passed away. And I found both of those very, very different types of um, emotional kind of grief and different types of things that you have to come to terms with so and during the time I mean obviously when I knew what, 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 what the prognosis was there's a there's a lot of attention on her naturally but what was the interesting thing that one thing that didn't fall from my life was actually my love for kind of going to the gym and exercise and I realized through then that the days that I would go to the gym no matter how bad I felt it was the one stable place that was constant And it was the one place that I could physically feel better. So even if I knew emotionally um, that I was having probably a really bad day, I would still actually go and turn up to my regular class and, you know, do my spin class, do whatever it was. And, um, and, you know, it would would lift me. Mm. It would make the bad day just that little bit more easier to get through. Yeah. Um, And it's so powerful. Yeah. That and we we talk about these things, but until you're living it, you you don't experience it. Yes. And you really do have to live it and trust that you know mm-hmm. going and exercising will actually help, mm-hmm. um, and it will make a change to your day, to your life, to your recovery. Yes. Um. So yeah, I do think it is. It was yeah. I mean, it was huge. I mean, and obviously, I think well, you know, I mean, when you lose your mum, I mean, it, and it doesn't matter what kind of relationship people have with their mothers, you know, mothers are, you know, sometimes they can drive us up the wall, sometimes they make us laugh with all their quirks, their funniness, or there could be a range of different types of, you know, everyone has a different relationship with their with their mother, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter whether it's positive or negative, I mean, thankfully I had a very positive relationship yeah. with mine, um, and I miss her greatly, but it's that loss of that individual that is huge, it's probably the biggest loss anyone can go through. Um, in their life so and it hit me like a tsunami that's the only way that I would describe it so Um, talk to us a little bit about that recovery process that's then led um, you to where you are I think it was a combination it wasn't immediate yeah and you've mentioned that I think you've just sort of touched upon that saying that for the first three years you felt that your life was almost not yours or you know and I think that's the thing like like it's not it takes absolutely years to recover and when I was gradually starting to feel better like you know I was getting back on track so you know and and how I would describe getting back on track is that I wasn't crying every day yeah you know I think I cried every day for about 18 months 
and you know after my mum died and it's exhausting no one like no nothing could have prepared me for the level of exhaustion that that took out of me every yeah. day so it would be like tears before work go to work do my job you know that you know thankfully i had i worked for some great companies and you know they were very very understanding at the time when i lost my mum and it was brilliant in that way because i had something positive to put my energy into yeah. and then it'd be tears after work and then i'd go to the gym you know, so, I mean, that's what I would call a kind of, um, you know, a, a really good, you know, once I was back on that road of recovery that I wasn't crying, that was like, all right, okay, great, I can get through a day. And it just became normal. And um, and then, yeah, I mean, and then it was just, I had, I, I think what helped me was having a routine. Like, one thing that I've always done is prioritise my exercise and having yeah. a routine. Um, and that was really useful. But then um, my father fell ill, and then I had to. Then the whole, I had to deal with that. And then yeah. so it was just a double whammy of just every, like how how has this happened in such a short space of time, and how do you how do I now make sense of all of it? Because now you you feel alone in the world. Yeah. And I think you can probably relate to that yeah, feeling. It's I guess. It is. It's yeah. And it is. It's a psychology. It's the you know the really having the, the dark conversations with yourself in those moments mm. and for me um i think because what i did after my after my dad did pass i really went off the rails as to speak it's not off the rails but i just threw no, myself you into you work were, and it's I, an inner tsunami isn't yeah. it it just completely changes you forever yeah, yeah and just that lack of knowing how to manage or how to deal with anything i was feeling and i didn't have anyone Talk, like talking to me about you know this is normal or you should feel like this or do this if you feel like Completely. this or yes. I didn't have any of that and it did kind of catapult into a negative spiral for, for until around about the March of 2017 when I finally was like I need to do some personal development I'm the only one that can get myself out of this stop being the victim and start being a survivor yes. and as as harsh as that is you know some of my coaching practices and some of my opinions may seem very very harsh but I've been there and I know that the only way to pull yourself in my opinion yes. out of that is to stop acting like the victim mm. and as much as it hurts you and as much as you feel all this whatever inside you need to switch that mindset of I'm no longer going to let myself be a sufferer and I'm going to start to let myself be a survivor yes. um so yeah I just I think your story is very powerful in that you've you know transformed it into an actionable it's a lonely rant path. I think that's what I would talk when people I mean and when I talk about grief um because there's different types of grief I mean there's grief when we lose somebody we love um through bereavement but there are other life events that really change people and it could be, um, you know, a divorce, a breakdown in relationship. It could be if somebody's had to move country for, for whatever reason, the loss of what they're leaving behind. So yeah. it's kind of like when I talk about grief and significant life events that really change you. So there was kind of like the version before you lost your parents, the version of yeah. Claire, and then the version of you afterwards. You're never the same again. It's a new normal. It's a new, yeah. no, it's a new norm, and that's what a significant emotional event is. That's how we d define it in the kind of the psychology world. And there doesn't seem to be. I think for me, grief was a very lonely road, and I think you've just almost touched yeah. upon that. It was like, I don't know, like you felt like your life was off the rails. But actually, if we think about it in society, what you went through and how you responded to that was a natural, normal reaction 
in proportion to the level of loss that you had, that was a normal reaction to what you yeah. had. In, and, and in society, we, it's, it's very difficult. So we're not taught, we're not, we're not really primed to kind of deal with life losses. Yeah. And part of my work as a grief recovery specialist is looking at like the impact of what are the like typical life losses that are going to you know because we sometimes there's great things that happen in our lives and we're winning and and then the other balance of that is kind of like it counteracts it and it's kind of like, well you've got to take the ups with the downs yeah but we're encouraged to get over our downs with a sense of what I call pseudo optimism okay. and positivity and we're not allowed to kind of grieve in the way that I would say is a kind of normal way. So we stuff it in, we hold yeah. it down, we put on a brave face, we carry on as normal. And then what happens is that eventually those kind of suppressed emotions eventually will come out. So what was interesting around my grief is that on the outside, you know, I had, you know, my career was going well, I was fit, healthy, you know, outwardly really <clears throat> happy, optimistic, and, and I was doing fine. But then I think it was around, I think it must have been about 2018, was it 2018, 17, 18? I just had this massive depression that I just couldn't fathom. Like, why am I feeling this level of sadness? Like, day to day I'd be fine, but then I'd have this massive sadness that mm -hmm. I just couldn't. Yeah. And. I, I thankfully, um, I then decided to start really talking to my friends about it because I thought I'm not going to not I'm not going to pretend that this isn't happening because I couldn't yeah. understand it because it had been a few years since my mum had passed. It'd been a few years since my dad had passed. I'd done my big hiking trip. I'd achieved all these goals. Um, I'd set myself lots of different things to have a healthy life, mentally and spiritually as well. Yeah. It's really important. And I just couldn't understand, like, where is this deep level of sadness? And what I learned through training as a grief recovery practitioner is that it was unresolved grief, yeah. unresolved sadness. There was um, a lot of uh, unresolved emotions, loss of hopes, loss of dreams. Yeah. Um, so, and once I started to unpick all of that, I then realised that I'd actually burnt out. And that was the interesting thing about burnout is that we don't know but we're burning out. We think that this is our norm. And mm. it sounds like for your three years, yeah. for those three, I mean, that's a long time to keep going, Claire. Hell for yeah. three years, I mean, that's not just a year of going, okay, that, that, that was a tough one. That's three years, so you must have not I've, known at that point in those three years. I feel like if I blinked, yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you what really happened in my life in those three mm. years. I know because of Instagram and photos and, but I mm. honestly couldn't tell you what, happened in my life in those three years right. like from a memory or from sure. a like I'd have to go and look and like put dates and it's weird like I feel like it's an outer body experience almost yes like though I just don't know who that person was no. and I'm just so separated from who that was I mean don't get me wrong it's when I launched my business and it's when I started competing and I made loads of friends and all these other different things happened but the person I was in those three years I just so separate from because I'm like I have no idea who she was and what that was and it was everything was just so clouded with sure. sadness and grief and depression and all of these things that it's this putting on a brave face and being incredible and on the outside of the world everyone thought I was doing all these great things and driving my life and having all this success mm. because I was doing so well and my mum and dad would be so proud and all the rest but when in hindsight it's just like I still 
I don't know what that was. No, and it's I think crazy. I think you know, and even if you try to intellectualise it and define it, you'll never know. Never know. You'll never know. And I think that again is like you know that there's something within you. There was there was it's almost like you're going through the storm and you've come out a different way. And we call um I don't know, we call it in grief recovery like the Academy Award winner, like somebody's gone through a very terrible time mm -hmm. and then they are doing so well and they're doing amazing and you know they're kind of like, I've, I've got this, I've got this life, I can, I can do it, I can achieve. And, and that, that again is another sign of actually unresolved emotions because I, I did the same, so mm -hmm. I was doing all these amazing things and it was like, but inside I was feeling so sad yeah. and it didn't make sense because nothing outside of me was making me feel better. Yeah. I mean, I'm very lucky that I didn't, you know, there are other, I mean, other people in terms of their vices turn to substances or food or yeah. shopping and gambling and all other types of things. And I think for me, I always feel, I don't know if luck is the right word, but in terms of my preferences for what I use to make me feel better during those really emotional storms, you know, I use exercise and I use my club membership and I use the connections of the routine and the stability yeah. of having something certain. Um, and, and I said music, like just having yeah. music around you takes you into another zone I as think well. This is a perfect lead. Get the endorphins going. Yeah, I think this is a perfect lead into then, you know, that question of what advice would you give others who are currently going through a kind of big life shift or a big life crisis or yeah, sure. you know because you so many so yeah. many things yes, so like yeah. for the guys listening what you know what things could you you know pinpoint that would work and would help i think i mean obviously i, I mean going back to what i work with i work the five pillars of resilience and i'll just quickly mention those mm -hmm. and maybe i can send you a bit of an infograph on or just something yeah on, for sure on later so people we can add it into the show they can look at the website etc but with this five pillars, and this is looking at mental, emotional, and physical well-being, and it's the kind of the things that we need to consider because one pillar can't really operate without without the other type of thing. You need it. So the first one, guess what it is, and the most important one is energy. Okay. So the and, and what I want people to do, the listeners to do is imagine the um, your mobile phone battery. So imagine when you've got it full, one hundred percent. Yeah. And then it starts dwindling down. You look at it and you think, oh god, it's only forty percent. I better quickly charge it. You know, your mobile phone has that indicator on it and lets you know when the battery's running out it, for a reason, okay? Because yeah. once you, you need to top it up because it's important. So imagine if you didn't have that, that notification on your, on your battery and your phone just ran out, out, out of the blue. You'd just be like, oh, now I'm without my phone. Yeah. And that's exactly what the pillars of resilience are all about. It's looking at when there's a depletion okay. um, in the pillar. So it's like when it's draining out, and there's a, we don't call it like your high or low in a certain pillar of resilience. It's actually, there's a resilience gap. Mm -hmm. So for example, at the energy pillar, there's, um, there's different components that make up the, the energy pillar. There's obviously physical activity. Your hence I didn't say the word exercise. Yes. Because yes. some people will be like, oh, exercise, I don't like exercise. I don't really see myself as someone going to a club or they don't want to, you know, they're just stereotypes around what it would mean being part of a gym oh, yeah. or a membership or etc. So we call it physical activity. And I'll talk to you about how people, if they don't want to join a health club, I can talk to you about some examples of yeah, what okay. I use to, to kind of um, still have some level of exercise outside of the, the, the gym. Physical activity, um, nutrition, which you've, you're obviously, you've got down to That's your bag, I'll let you talk more <laughs> around that. Um, and then we have boundaries. So boundaries are really important. So nice. boundaries is around what's draining your energy, what's actually making you feel better. But boundaries particularly, you know, if you're working long hours and you're getting home, checking your emails, 
um, standard. You know, why? I mean, yeah. yeah. But I think it's boundaries. For yes. some people listening, I mean, it could be that they've got, you know, when they get home, they've got family. They should be, you know, really in theory, it's family time. But actually, everyone's on their devices um, and still working, you know, above and beyond of what what should be expected. Um, so yeah, in our never off culture, kind of boundaries, and and even to some degree, like looking at where we spend our time. You know, who makes us feel good in our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, what friendships really. Um, I guess make us you know really help us thrive in life and yeah. you know, especially if you're having a tough day so things like that around boundaries and then sleep believe it or not so um, lots it. of great research out there in the science world around sleep and physical activity which I'll talk about in a second and then the other things is um, future focus so what kind of um, where's your future focus is another one and what kind of personal control do you feel you have over your future yeah and I think for you like when you've talked about those um, three years, it didn't feel like you had much direction. You were just going from one thing to the next. So that's another component of future focus. A third pillar, which is one I love, is um, inner drive. So this is around kind of self-belief, motivation, which I know is another topic close to your heart, Claire. So motivation, perseverance, and also confidence. And I don't know if you found this, but I certainly found it, that... No one actually prepared me for when I'd, I'd gone through those, you know, obviously losing my mum and losing my dad. No one, nothing had prepared me for the impact a grief or a big life loss could have could on have, your yeah. personal confidence. And, oh, yeah, jeez. Um, so, again, so inner drive. Um, flexible thinking, and, you know, this goes beyond just being having an optimistic mindset. It's the flexible thinking pillar is actually more about how we reframe the world around us. So, and how we have different lenses and different perspectives um, of what's going on for us and also what's going on for people. Um, and the final one um, is strong relationships. Yeah. So open and trusting relationships and also the quality of those relationships. Nice. So, you know, so if I was to say to you, I'll do you a quick fire question. If you had an emergency, who would, and it was 4 a.m., who would be the person that you would call at 4am? Oh, my Aunt Dorothy. Yeah. Right, so Aunt, Aunt Dorothy's on the hotline, right? Yeah. So Aunt Dorothy. So great, so those, so those are the kind of questions that we would ask. So if you, if you had to speak to somebody about, I don't know, if you had a personal problem that you, you were going through, yeah. and it was, you just needed to kind of talk to somebody about it, who would that person be? That's one I would struggle with, actually. And like, apart from my aunt, yeah. which is, is a difficult one, because I, I do find that I... I'm very introverted, which a lot of people don't believe that I am. They're like, you're not. And I'm like, but... can be, yeah. Yeah, I am. Like, my... So much of my life is this extrovert platform. Right. Um, so when it actually comes to, you know, when you need to talk to someone about something, I'm finding that now, obviously, you know, that I do the network marketing now, mm. and the relationships that I'm building with that in the last four months, yes. I've got a closer friendship group Brilliant. from that than I've had my entire life. Great. And that's four months of knowing people. And I'm like, that's wild, but it's taken me so long to get myself into a place now where I could probably phone Robin and be like, I mean, we've had some really random conversations in the last couple of months, and I'm like, I've never had a conversation like this before, but it's like that openness and that safety, connectedness that I'm now like, I'm ready to, whether it's myself, my own confidence, and allowing myself to now share Mm. these thoughts and feelings, or whether it's just, you know, the right connections and relationships. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. So those, I mean, so again, going back to strong relationships, we, you know, the people around us are so important. Yeah. And how they, and not only that, it's not just what we, what we, I mean, you, you know, it's not just what they give us. It's actually what we're giving back. 
So it could be in some prison, you know, some of the listeners, they might give out a lot to people. And I went through a stage like that where every, yeah. I was just giving out so much, um, not just within my career and my work life, because obviously I, I work with people, that's really important, but just even in my... My, my, my friendship circle and you know things like that it's just yeah. it's just so looking so again it'd be interesting to do your um, report actually on the we five should do it one day yeah, we should do, do it one day interesting how your strong relationship comes out so that's really the, the five pillars but what's interesting and this is going back to your, your question is that the most important pillar is actually the energy mm-hmm. the impacts energy I see energy as everything focus so much and what we find, especially if you're going through a, you know, a really tough time or a challenging time or life isn't just going in the direction that you, you, we, we want, because mm-hmm. that can happen sometimes, it doesn't have to be a big event, um, or we just become too busy. And what, the, one of the first things that people tend to deprioritize, and we notice this a lot whenever I do workshops yeah. and we do psychometric report, is actually the energy pillar. And it's really the one that they know. It's mm-hmm. the simplest one to take action on but it has the biggest impact. So if you're not eating well, you're not exercising physically that you're not gonna feel great, you're not sleeping, is it realistic that other areas of your life are going to be thriving? Absolutely not. Yeah. So I would say, um, I think from, you know, if, if somebody is listening to this and doesn't think about and wants to kind of think, well, okay, I want, I want to do something a bit more physical, I don't normally go to the gym very much, or I don't know where to start, or I've just had a really, you know, I've gone through bereavement, I've gone through divorce, I've got a whole new, there's now a different version of me out there in the world and I don't quite know where to start. Um, I would say um, join a gym, okay, join a club if, that be, if that's what you want to do. Take the brave step, go in and talk to, you know, get a feel for the environment. A lot of clubs will give you a guest pass for a couple of yeah. days so you can go and try out in the environment and that you feel kind of comfortable there, which is, which is really important. Um, the second thing is think about what you enjoy doing. So for me, exercising within groups is really good because I just love chatting to people yep. and I love being around people. And I love getting to know my instructors, as in, as in, uh, yeah, buddy. This, this proof in the pudding here as we sit here. Um, and find classes that you can go to a couple of times a week or three times a week, maybe a bit more. I mean, obviously, I go a lot more than that. But put them in your diary because. Timetables don't tend to change. They maybe every three to six months a timetable in a in a club will change. Some some clubs don't change their timetable. So find um, something that you can prioritise uh, once you know every week for the classes yeah. that you like. And the really important thing, and this is where I, I think sometimes, I mean for me, I really do appreciate my instructors because you know finding instructors that you really connect with, that you yeah. really admire. And what and, and and you know because you guys you you know you probably what have up to thirty people in a class at any given time. It's mad. You probably do what five six classes a day. Some of yeah. you, yeah. Um, and so you think that's hundreds of people a day. Yeah, it's mad. And what I you know one thing I think people don't realise about your gym instructors is that they're so acute to the energy of people you yeah. almost become like your like little mini psychologist because you <laughs> learn you learn how to read people's energy them. yeah and i think for me one thing that's been huge i mean absolutely massive in my you know i don't me kind of my healing is actually having instructors that i really connect with yeah um and that i can go back and see every week and that over you know if i've been doing someone's class for i don't know six months or five months or three months or whatever 
they gradually get to know you yeah. and they get to know your energy. And I remember when I lost my mum, it wasn't at the current club I'm at now, it's at a different club. Um, I remember my instructor at the time was just, my spin instructor was just phenomenal. He, you know, and I remember there was times where, you know, at the end of class, say, are you okay today? Or you didn't see him yourself. And it was just all yeah. these little things. And, um, and it's happened over the years, you know. Um, so that's really important. Find an instructor that you feel comfortable with and you like. And, I, and, and for some, I mean, we had a conversation about yoga, didn't we? Yeah. Do you want to... Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I think... Yeah, I, people probably don't know this about me, apart from the, my friend who was obviously the instructor at the time for me. Mm. But, like, I love yoga, and I think it is one of those calming, and it helps you, you know, connect with yourself and connect with your body. But for me, going through my whole process, you still walk out the room. Mm. Um, during the meditation section because that stillness and being at one with your thoughts for me used to, oh my god, open up the floodgates and make me feel so vulnerable and so insecure mm. um, and I just think that for me a huge part of my process was that day that I was finally able to actually stay through the meditation so you know you talked about getting through a day without crying, without crying. Yeah, gosh, for yeah. me it was, it was lasting a whole um, class wow. and not having to walk out the room and actually been able to lie there in the dark and not feel like completely exposed and sure. not feel like I was being judged. Um, but it is crazy how powerful exercise in its different forms or activity in its different yeah, forms can be. Because sure. it's, but it is very much, I think, about the connection with people. It's not so much about the exercise itself. So quite often, a lot of times, clients will sign up to me now and, um, you know, they, they come from a background of they do not move, they do not create any activity, they set, they walk to the train station, they get on the train, they go to work, they go to work, they come home, yeah, they sit on their sure. sofa. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time I think for people in that kind of negative mental state, it's just a case of going to a group exercise class and just spending two, four, six, eight weeks in an environment and learning how to be safe in that environment and learning how to you know, let your guard down a bit, have a little bit of fun and then start to worry about your training and, you know, are you trying to get a result? Are you doing it for aesthetics, composition, health, whatever it may be? Um, but actually just getting yourself into that vulnerable state of being in a room and getting a sweat on with other people yeah, because it can seem so far away for some people to do. It's a big step. And yeah. for some people that don't, you know, some people don't want to be part of a, of a gym or, or a club, you know, I my passion for hiking really um you know i that really started after i'd lost my mum i'd always loved being outdoors yeah. and but you know i joined meetup groups nice so there's meetup group i mean there are some fantastic meetup groups just go on and have a look and hiking groups and walking groups um i joined a couple i did some day hikes then i did you know went off to the peak districts and did a weekend and met met random groups of people that i would never have crossed paths with and it's just that brave step. And what you find is that people that are also part of these meetup groups, who are kind of have a, a passion for the outdoors as well, um, they're also going through something. They're yeah. also doing this because they're actually trying to find space and ways of connecting with the world and putting themselves back out there. Not everybody, but there are lots of people lot that of you them, meet. Yeah. That would be another thing I would say. And, um, and again, like, even if it's uh, you know some, a, sh a small yoga studio locally, would you know that could be another thing. Um, running clubs, I've always found, particularly running clubs, a running community. And this is just me. I mean, I've, I've run a few marathons, but I'm only talking from my experience. 
um, is actually I've always found running clubs really inclusive yeah and really like welcoming and you know just and I remember when I started out with my running I couldn't even run around the block for 20 minutes on the road treadmill fine running around the block 20 minutes in the road, I couldn't do it but when I joined my running club there was just this real sense of, oh, just come along and we'll just see how you get on. And before yeah. I knew it, I'd run a marathon within a year. So, so, so finding, and that's another thing, what, what the science out there, which I've always known anyway inside, but the science out there now and all the neuroscience, all the research, actually says that if you achieve small things within your physical activity, no matter how small or how big, it doesn't have to be, it could be a 2K run whether yeah. it, rather than a, a whole marathon, is that it actually gives us a sense of achievement within yeah. ourselves that we can go on and be more resilient. I love the fact that it's on, now yeah. science is coming out and proving what <laughs> spiritualists, let's say, have been saying for years. Yes. Do you know? But it's almost like the the woo-woo side of it. There's now science proving mm. the woo-woo. And I freaking love it. Like it's it is my niche, it's my zone, it's my bread and butter, like this whole notion of you your brain is a muscle you can train your brain what you put out into the world you will receive and you know the more that you do things the more that your brain adapts and your body changes so yeah touch on because I know you are heavily yeah, into so, the research I mean, part of, I mean last week I was at a um and this is just so so people are aware just like this isn't the organizations out there are now starting to sit up and take notice about yeah you know, the impact of physical activity on the well-being of their employees. And a lot of people listening will probably, you know, they're, they're, they might have corporate membership, they might get discount through their work, or they might have, I don't know, different schemes that, that the, the, the reward, the benefit section of their company offers. Um, but what, we're, what they're realising now is that they, they need to take it to a new level. So, um, you know, I was at a, a, a kind of HR event last week and I was on the panel and, you know, there was a whole range of experts and a whole range of different small and large organisations of HR, learning and development professionals and OD professionals who are saying, if you don't physically move, if people are just sitting at desks seven, eight hours, some people 12 hours a day, depending on what sector that you work in, um, you know, and certainly if you work globally, people are having to ad adapt to different time zones and be available for their colleagues in, a, in another part of the world where there's a, a time difference. And people are not moving. And no. what they're realising now is that actually we need to give people the flexibility in their, in their day, in the way that they work, to actually have time out to do physical activity. Um, and I think the guidelines is, is it's basically is it it's 30 minutes 30 a day minutes for a day, adults, yeah. which yeah. and that could just be a, a walk. It doesn't have to be you know anything crazy like 45 minute hit class. Um, but part of that got me thinking, and I and I I came across a book. So I've just finished um, part of my um, a course that I've been doing um, around, funnily enough, the science of happiness at work. So nice. Um, there's, um, so there's, there's a book that I've come across, and I haven't read the book, but it's on my list, but I have read the summary of the book, and it's called The Joy of Movement, and it's by um, a lady called Kelly McGongle. McGongle, um, okay. Yeah, one of those, I can't pronounce it properly. <laughs> but basically, she is, um, she's, she's, she's basically, she's a psychologist who specialises in the understanding of the mind and body connection. Um, and she's based at Stanford University and she's done this kind of like summary of, of her book and really it's around the surprising ways exercises actually changes the brain so this is all the different yeah. science that's coming out and 
it really like exercise what she's saying in her book is that it primes you to connect with others so we've all heard of like things like the runner's high when your yeah. endorphins are going but actually it's really good for mood boosting and mood is another topic i could the psychology of moods fascinates me by the way but um so basically you know exercise lifts our moods and it puts us into this kind of like bliss state um, but what and we all know, but what they're saying now is that it's actually linked to other different chemicals of the brain that actually not just regulates our stress response, but actually primes us to connect with others. So it's about that human connectedness, which is so important so when important, we're dealing yeah. with things. Um, but, and then another thing which I thought was quite good is exercise makes us more sensitive to joy. So we can have Love more it. joy in our life. So it relieves depression and, you know, just but our capacity to experience joy. So to be open to notice perhaps the positive yeah. aspect of our lives and more receptive to those moments of joy. So the moment it? of joy for me this morning is you've bought me a lovely coffee. Yay. Which is so nice of you. So those little things about having gratitude and being, having been appreciative of the small things in life. Um, you're gonna love this one actually. Exercise makes you brave. So, you love um, the word brave today. That's our trigger it's, word. It, it seems to be good enough for, good for the word, science yeah. world, neuroscience. So it says here, like, courage is, an, is another side effect of physical activity. And I have already think I've touched upon that, that once we achieve something within a physical activity or a goal, no matter how small, it, doesn't, it, could, it could be anything, um, what it does, it gives us that experience um, that, we, that we suddenly have a real-life experience, that we've achieved something that we didn't think we could and then we think, actually, I was really brave to overcome that obstacle, that barrier. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure loads of people listening would have moments where they thought they didn't think they could do a certain thing, I don't lift a certain weight or do something. Actually, I've achieved that. It gives you a sense of accomplishment. Um, moving and building, um, um, moving with others in terms of group exercise builds trust and a sense of belonging. And we all want to feel loved, right? So it's all about group exercise, again, gives us a sense of belonging. And, um, and what I love, um, my final thing, which I'm just going to finish up on, um, is actually um, they're now saying with um, kind of lactic acid, the build-up of lactic, la lactic acid in the body, um, although it's not always nice at the time, but what they're saying is it actually travels through the blood system to the brain and it actually alleviates um, the depression as well. So there's chemical imbalance there. It's so good, now. isn't it? So that book, if people are interested, because I know you have a lot of other yeah. um, fitness professionals that it's listen so good. in. It's so yeah, for it's sure. The Joy of Movement, and it's Kelly McGonigal. McGonigal. McGonigal, I think I've said it I think right. it's McGonigal. I'm just thinking Harry Potter, McGonigal. Go for it. Yeah, like that's it. Call but you'll find anyway. And if you, if anyone needs it, I can, I can. Yeah, we can even. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes as well. I'll get you to type it. So, um, so yeah. So I think. I think is that everything? That's everything. So it's been awesome. I guess to summarise, I don't think there is a summary, but just if anyone is going through a really tough time and had things that have knocked their confidence or big life events, ways in which you can use physical activity is not just about your body. It's actually yeah. around you know, your emotional well-being, your sense of connectedness, and and maybe you're really lucky, maybe there's people listening to this who are really lucky and really going through a thriving time in their life and regularly go to the gym and regularly do hiking groups or running groups. Actually, you're in a really good position to look out for people who are starting out and, yeah. and really care for those people and extend yourself to them. Um, so if you see any newbies knocking about in the gym, be kind, Give be encouraging, yeah. and um, and make a new friend. Yeah, for sure. 
I love it. Okay, so before we, we wrap it up, um, I just want you to super quick go over it again. So where can we find you on Instagram? At Shandeva, so I'll spell my surname, so S-H-A-N-D-E-V-A. So okay. That's it, just at Shandeva. Okay. Um, um, website. Website. Um, www. And it's Yugen, so Y-U-G-E-N, so YugenConnections.com. Perfect. Um, and if you're thinking actually, what is Yugen? Like, where does that word come from? So Yugen is actually a Japanese word. Yeah. And um, basically, there is no equivalent in English, and it's broken down into two parts, which means mysterious and profound. We're nice. getting deep now. Yeah. Um, but really, it defines our inner feelings and connections that we have with nature and the outside world around us um, that no words can describe. So, for example, it could be like looking at a sunset, or it could be actually taking part in a group activity exercise. Nice. But the feeling and experience that you have within that moment of the outside world around you is unique to you um, and that basically pretty much I believe sums up the I guess the relationship that we have with our mental health our well-being our resilience Like we all know we have mental health but how we experience it and yeah. how we look after it is completely different Definitely. so I chose Yugen and then obviously it's about connections so Yugen connections love it so you've got Instagram you've got your website where else can we find you you'll find me on LinkedIn so Cecilia Shandeva yep. and you could, if anyone's interested in having a look at my practitioner led research projects into bereavement mental health in the workplace yep. some great articles on there that have got some brilliant um, comments and shares which has been really pleasing for me so yeah you can that's where you can find me and then as a parting gift to the listeners if they're listening to this just now early morning on their commute or maybe they're making dinner they're about to feed the family or you know they're getting ready to go to bed wherever it is they're about to do in their day um the last message that you want to give them something that if you could only get them to take one thing away from this podcast. Yeah, sure. If they were to take one meaningful message away. Yeah, sure. What would that message be? Ooh, um, depending on what's going on in their lives, but look after yourself. Yeah. Really look after yourself and um, look after the people around you as well. I think that's, you know, and, and just, I don't know, I suppose my, my journey over the last X amount of years has just taught me to really look after myself. Yeah. Um, but in a gentle way which is important. Nice. Love it. All right, thank you so much for being on today. And guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you tag, like, share, spread the love of this episode with each and every single person in your life that you know might be going through some difficulties or just keep it on the back burner for when you really need it most. Um, And that's it from us today. So, yay. Awesome, thank you.